person. It says something about this person. It's almost like a name carries a weight of almost prophesying something over your life. And God has a way that even if something has had a, a, a bad connotation with it, God sees something of value inside of all people. And there's something that he wants to awaken in every person. And no matter what you've been through in life, that's not where your identity <coughs> needs to be focused on where you've been. <coughs> Our identity needs to be found in Jesus Christ Amen. and allow him to speak things into your life, yes. to change things around, to make things new. Smith Wigglesworth worth said, there's no one who's so fettered, so chained, so shackled, that the blood of Jesus can't liberate you and set you free. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Take a hold of it. Yeah. Take a hold of him and watch what he does in your life. Yeah. Turn in your Bibles once again with me to the 91st Psalm. You know you can't read this too much. One of the reasons why is because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. See, there's a lot of people that believe that I'll pray for faith and I'll get faith. You want me to tell you, I can shorten, I can shorten that for you a lot. You can pray till you're blue in the face and you still won't have no faith. But you can hear what God says and you can get faith. Because I didn't say it, the Word of God said it. This is how it comes. It comes by hearing. And hearing by the Word of God or hearing what God says. And you'll see something rise up in you when that takes place. Let's start. Everybody there? Mm -hmm. Starting in verse number one. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress. My God in Him will I trust. Surely He shall deliver thee from the snare of the fowler, from the noisome pestilence. He shall cover thee with His feathers, and under his wings shalt thou trust. His truth shall be thy shield and thy buckler. Thou shalt not be afraid of the terror by night, nor of the arrow that flieth by day, nor of the pestilence that walketh in the darkness, nor for the destruction that wasteth at noonday. A thousand shall fall at thy side, 10,000 at thy right hand, but it shall not come nigh thee. Only with thine eyes shalt thou behold and see the reward of the wicked. 
because thou hast made the Lord, which is my refuge, even the Most High, thy habitation. There shall no evil befall thee, neither shall any plague come nigh thy dwelling. For he shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee in all thy ways. They shall bear thee up with their hands, lest thou dash thy foot against the stone. Thou shalt tread upon the lion and the adder. The young lion and the dragon shalt thou trample underfoot. Because he has set his love upon me, therefore will I deliver him, I will set him on high, because he hath known my name. He shall call upon me, and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble, and I will deliver him. I will honor him. With long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. Pray with me. Father, I ask that you would give us the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of you. The eyes of our understanding being enlightened that we would know what's the hope of your calling and what's the riches of the glory of your inheritance in the saints. And what's the exceeding greatness of your power to us who believe, according to the working of your mighty power, which you wrought in Christ when you raised him from the dead and set him at your own right hand in heavenly places. And I ask that you would grant us, according to the riches of your glory, to be strengthened with might by your spirit in our inner man, that Christ may dwell in our hearts by faith, that we, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all saints what's the breadth, the length, the depth, and the height, and to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge, so that we'd be filled with all the fullness of God. Holy Spirit, I ask you for divine others tonight, that you would help me to communicate the heart of the Father to us, your people, and I ask it in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. You know, it's one thing for him to know your name. It's another thing for us to know his name. There's something about that makes something intimate when you know things about a person that nobody else does. And there's some things that you'll never know about God just from going to church. Hearing stories, hearing testimonies, they're well and good. But there's some things that you'll never know about God until you're in that secret place for your own self. And you feel what it's like to be in his presence. And you feel what it's like for him to be in your presence. And there, brothers and sisters, I'm going to tell you, there is nothing like having God close to you and you know without a shadow of a doubt 
that he's there. Thank God when you get chill bumps on you. <clears throat> but he's bigger than chill bumps. He's a lot more God than a chill bump. He is one that, that can be everything in turmoil on the inside of you. And one word from him can smooth it right out. Did it change the situation? Not necessarily. But he smoothed something inside of you. Just like when he spoke to that wind and waves. And he, when he spoke to it and he said, peace be still, it settled out. That he can do that same thing inside of us, that he can speak one word and settle something out. That he loves us enough that he'll call us by who we are. And we don't need to be like it was when Adam and Eve had sinned. And they hid themselves from God. We need to do what the Bible exhorts us to do in the New Testament. And if we miss it, we need to run to him, fall at his feet, and humble ourselves before him. Because there's something that he wants to do inside of us. And there's a stance that he wants inside of us. That we rise up boldly and declare the greatness of our God. See, these, this, this passages of Scripture carry a lot more weight. They're full of truth no matter where your walk is with the Lord. But the closer that you get and the closer that we get to the Father, you'll really find out that these aren't just storybook words. But this is really his heart toward us. But we've got to walk in him to experience him. And he wants us to know that. Just as Jesus knew the Father, Jesus said, I want you to know the Father the same way. So there's a potential in, in every one of us. How close was Jesus and the Father? They were super close. He wants that same thing for us. He said, well, I've not experienced that. Brothers and sisters, let me tell you something. There's a lot of things that we haven't experienced yet. That's the will of God for our lives. So don't base everything about your experience with God and think that that's the cap. That's where the lid's on the jar. And there is no more. There's always more of God. Amen. And there has been some people that have had some phenomenal experience and some phenomenal walks with God. But they would tell you, and I've been around people that's been in ministry and all for 65 years and things of that, and been mightily used of God. And one of the things that they say, as much as I have experienced, it shows me how much I still don't know.
Because God is so vast. God is so great. And God is so good. And he wants to reveal that in the heart of all of his children. And he wants people to come to him and know him. Now I want to tie back in. Sort of where we left off this morning. Because I believe there's some more things in here that God wants to speak into our lives. Because he wants to settle some things down on the inside of us. He wants to give direction and purpose. He doesn't want the enemy for us to be walking around with a fear. Because what happens when there's fear, it's almost like a hook in your nose. And, and he'll take and he'll lead you anywhere that he wants to. And you won't have anything to do about it but follow him. But by the power of the name of Jesus, we can pull that hook out. And he don't want us hooked in any way, but he wants us walking in a freedom. Jesus died so that we could walk in freedom and walk in life. Because if there's really no freedom, there's not much life. Even though it's there, we're not experiencing it. And he wants us to experience it. He wants us to know him that way. So that no burden can stay on you. And no yoke that can be so that it can, can keep you from being able to move. Jesus said these words in the gospel. And I want you to take and I want you to look at yourself for just a, just a minute and think about this. I'm carrying this heavy load. I'm carrying this heavy burden. And Jesus says it like this. He says, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So if you find yourself carrying something that's heavy and hard, let me tell you something. Scripture says, I didn't say, Scripture says you didn't get it from Jesus. If you didn't get it from Jesus, we should side in with Jesus so that we can get rid of it. Amen. Amen. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. He said, come and learn of me. Learn of me. And sometimes we just get to throw ourselves on the mercy of God. And quit fighting all of these things by ourselves. And allow him to do what only God can do. That's why they call him God. Because he can handle it. He can deal with it. Verse number 10. No, let's back up to verse number 9. That's where I want to tie in tonight. Because thou hast made the Lord, which is my refuge, even the Most High, thy habitation. Now, there's two words that I really want to focus on there for just a few minutes. And that's that word refuge 
and the word habitation. And I want you to think about it. Refuge and habitation. A, re a refuge is a safe place. God wants to be your safe place. When you're in that safe place, he's got you. So many times we want to do everything our own way instead of doing it God's way. And a lot of times we remove ourselves from under the protection of God because we get out of the boundaries of the refuge. And the habitation, the habitation, the place, the habitat where things live in this good and free liberating environment because there's food in that habitation there's sanctuary in that habitation there's shelter in that habitation there's good things that come to you in that habitation I want you to think about it for a, uh, for a, uh, a few different animals one would be a panda bear one would be a koala bear in the habitation, if my, and I think I'm correcting this, if I'm not, y'all correct me. The habitation for a koala bear is in the eucalyptus trees because they love eucalyptus. The habitation for a panda bear is in the bamboo because they like the bamboo shoots. And if they're going to thrive and do well in the place that they're living, they're going to have to have those things because koalas need what's in eucalyptus and pandas need what is in bamboo. You need what's in God. Amen. And he's got what you need. And you'll never thrive outside of the provision that God has already established for you. Now, a lot of times we live way, way, way below what we should be living. Is it God's fault? No, we've got to side in with him. We've got to be willing to let change take place in our life and to give place to him. Because when we give place to him, it allows him to do things that he can't do any other way. Because he won't fight you. He'll fight the enemy for you and he'll explain to you how to fight the enemy. But there's things we will have to stand for. And if we don't stand for them, they won't be stood for in our life. Somebody else might be standing, but they're not going to be stood for in our life. So defend your habitat. Defend your refuge and stay in that place and let God do what only God can do. Amen. He's a lot better at it than we are. Yes. Don't just think that he needs for us or from us is this, is cooperation. Sometimes we, we, we won't do that because a lot of times we're more fear motivated than we think we are. I want to trust God, but I'm scared to trust God. This is part of the thing of knowing him. 
And you won't know him. I won't know him until we spend time with him in that secret place. And your secret place may be different from my secret place. Because it's really not a geographic thing. Although for some people, it is a geographic thing. If I can get to that place, I know everything's going to be all right. But he wants that secret place to be so focused inside of you that no matter where you are, for Paul and Silas, when they were in the inner prison, they got in their secret place and they cried out to God and things changed. Things always change when God gets on in the scene. Gets in the middle of something. Always. There shall no evil befall thee Neither shall any plague come nigh thy dwelling. Now, this is a truth from God's word. Now, I want you to notice something. I want you to think about this for a minute. I want you to take two words and, and let them run through your mind for a minute. Fact and truth. It might be a fact. That this is what you're dealing with right now. But there's a truth that can trump the fact. Now, when I say trump, I'm sure I got some card players in here. And no matter how good somebody's hand is, and it looks like you've got the cards that's going to win the game. And you get ready to lay them down and make this play. And we just won. And then somebody's, you got it all calculated out. And then they pull this card out. And they say, Trump. Uh-oh. That, what happened? That good hand just got overtaken. Because there was something that trumped it. Now, God's truth, they may be facts that, that are in your life. And this might be right where you're dealing with. But I want you to know this. There is a truth. And the truth is what God said. And if we will believe it. And accept it and receive it. Trump. It doesn't have to stay that way anymore. Change is coming. Will I receive it? Will I side in with God so that my so that his winning hand can work in my life? He knows how this thing is going to shake out. He knows how it can shake out. I want it to shake out with God in my favor. Amen? Amen. But if we don't know him, we won't trust him to be able to do that. And he wants us to know him. And he wants us to know him personally and he wants us to know him intimately. He wants us to know his character. 
There's things that I have heard people say about God. There's things that I have heard church folks say about God that burns me up. You know why? Because I've experienced him in other ways than what they're saying. I've experienced through the word of God the things that he says about himself. And then somebody in church tells me that, oh, God did this. And I said to myself, no, God didn't do that to you. The devil done it and blamed it on God, and I was not smart enough to know the difference. But God's been blamed for a lot of things throughout the ages that he did not do. But I want to tell you, God is for you. And God is a game changer. Yes, but we've got to accept the truth that he says in order for it to work in us. You won't know it from somebody else. You'll only know it for yourself. Thank God for what he's done for somebody else. But what he's done for somebody else ain't going to change your situation. It can. But it's not. Because we're going to have to get a hold of that truth for our own self. For it to change our situation. Amen. Amen. Why? Because God. He does not want to know them. He wants to know you. He wants to know me. Here's a, here's a Bible truth. There shall no evil befall thee. Neither shall any plague come nigh thy dwelling. Well. I had a. Some evil befall me. I had a plague come nigh thy dwelling. You know what we should do then? We should humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God and we should stand against that thing and resist it. Because here's a picture of something that's not supposed to be, and if it is, it needs to be rooted out. No evil shall befall thee. Neither shall any plague come nigh thy dwelling. If the plague is there coming knocking on your door, resist it just like you would a snake, a poison snake, or some vicious animal. You ain't coming in my house. It can be right there at the doorstep. It can be right there ready to come in. But you know good and well you're not going to open that door to that bear saying, come on in. You ain't going to open that door to that rattlesnake and say, come on in. You're going to do your best to get that thing away from where you're at. Why? Because it doesn't belong there. Things of the enemy, let me tell you. They don't belong there. Resist them. Amen. And he shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee in all thy ways. You know, one of the struggles that comes for, for people is we want to live on both sides. We want the benefits of the kingdom of God but that we don't really want to live in the kingdom of God. But you know, the benefits for the kingdom of God are in the kingdom of God. 
And the, the sooner that we quit fighting against God and humble ourselves under His hand, the sooner we find things working. And there's people that's wanted to do this all their life. And there's people that's sometimes 70, 80, 90 years old and never done it yet. And I told somebody, I said, you need to get saved. This is several years back. I said, you need to get saved. And this, this boy told me, uh, uh, just, a, just a little while later, he said, uh, tell me about that getting saved stuff. So I talked to him, and I was ready to lead him to the Lord. And then this girl comes in his life. And he's got his mind on the girl. Instead of on God. And his eyes was deterred. Say, so, well, is it always a girl? No, it ain't always a girl. It can be a whole lot of things, but the devil knows the one that stops you, that can deter you. And then he told me, he said, I want to get saved, but I want. I want my girl to get saved at the same time. I said, you can't wait on no girl. Because she can't get saved for you no way. This is something you got to do yourself. Weren't quite ready then. I said, um, don't wait too long because what will happen, you'll find yourself an old man and you still won't have done it. Because as long as the enemy can keep bringing things into your life to deter you and to sidetrack you from getting a hold of the things that God has for you, you can believe it. They're coming. And every time you try, there'll be something there to block it. It looks like you got the winning hand. And you'll always see something that will come that will trump it. But I want to tell you, if somebody wants the things of God, God's got something that will trump it all. He's the game changer. He'll give his angels charge over thee to keep thee in all thy ways. They shall bear thee up with their hands. Isn't that a beautiful thing? The angels would come and put their hands on you to, to protect you. If you were falling, to put their hands underneath of you and catch you. Lest thou dash thy foot against the stone. Thou shalt tread upon the lion and the adder. The young lion and the dragon shalt thou trample under thy feet. Now he's saying a couple of things here, and I want you to get a picture of this. The young lion and the adder. We all know what a lion is, and an adder was a poisonous snake. He said, you'll tread upon them. You'll tread upon them. You said, well, how in the world is somebody going to fight a lion or defeat a lion? 
And my mind goes back to a story in the Old Testament. And the story in the Old Testament was of a shepherd boy who was tending sheep and his name was David. And while David was tending the sheep, a lion came and he said, it grabbed that, that baby sheep in its mouth. He said, and I went after him. You are to see yourself like a mother that somebody is getting ready to mess with her baby. And I'm going to tell you one thing. You've got to fight on your hands. Or a daddy, when you're, when you're taking a messing with his child, and David said, I went up to that thing and I got him by the beard and I smoked him. And another time there was a bear got one of my sheep. And I went after him and I smoked him too. With my bare hands, I went on him. So can somebody do that? Don't many people do it, but some people can do that. Amen. Good answer. So there was something that rose up on David. You know what I believe it was? I believe it was the anointing. It was the anointing. God's got an anointing that he wants to rise up in you. He doesn't want anything stealing away from you. But in the second part, there's another part, another, another aspect that we could bring in. Now, in the second part, he says, The young lion and the dragon, thou shalt trample underfoot. The adder, did you know that Satan was described as a serpent? That old serpent? And the dragon? So no matter where it's a wild beast or no matter where it's a dark spirit being. Jesus said, where does it belong? Under your feet. And you belong to be stomping on that thing. You belong to be treading on it. You, it's our authority and our place that we're supposed to be walking on that thing instead of that thing walking on us. Amen. But sometimes we entertain those things and we give place to those things and then we want to be free but we keep playing around with the devil instead of standing against him. There is no victory whatsoever in that. Stand against the things that the enemy brings your way to destroy you. But stand in the power of God's might and the power of God's strength. And in the authority that he has given us. And don't play with him. I shared on Wednesday night class this here two concepts. Theology 101. Theology 102. When I went to school, Theology 101 was, God is good. And this will help straighten out a whole lot of questions with you if you'll just think about those two things. God is good. Theology 102, the devil's bad. And if you can keep those two things in the right columns and in the right arenas, 
You'll answer a whole lot of questions in your life and say, well, did God do this to me? We'll answer it. Was it bad? If it was bad, he weren't the cause of it. Was it good? He was the cause of it. Yes, sir. Um, what about the, some of the good things that come out of bad situations? Well, God can take and bring a lot of good things out of bad situations. If it didn't, we wouldn't have no much hope because we've created a lot adversity for our own selves. So yes, God is able to make something good come out of a bad situation, but did he, did he bring that bad situation? No, he didn't. But the enemy would want us to think, God did that to you. And if God did that to you, you just can't win because God's going to do what he wants to do. And the only way you're ever going to answer those questions is to know what God said in his word. But Theology 101 and Theology 102 can help settle a lot of those things. But don't blame God for something that the devil brought. Because there's a picture in John 10.10 10, how the enemy works. He comes to steal to kill and to destroy. His, his game never changes. Jesus said, I came that you might have life and have it more abundantly. His game never changes. So if we can keep things in our proper categories, we can answer a lot of questions. See, if you think it's God doing something like this for you, you won't resist it if you think God's doing it. Because he brought this in your life to teach you this. You know what he's brought into our life to teach us? His word. his word. He's brought his word into our life to teach us. But sometimes we want to interpret scripture with life's experiences. No, you interpret scripture with scripture. And you make life experiences come into subjection to the Word of God. So, here's the picture of us taking authority over the enemy, that we trample him under our feet. Notice these words right here. This is God talking. There's almost like a conversation back and forth between us and him. Because he has set his love upon me, I deliver him. That's God talking. Now, who's it done to setting their love upon him? That's us. I set my love upon him, and God says, because he set his love upon me, I'm going to do something. I'm going to move in his behalf. I'm going to move in her behalf. Because they have set their love upon me. Therefore, I will deliver him. I will set him on high. Because he has honored my name. 
I honor God's name, God's name, He'll lift you up to a higher place. He'll give you a place of elevation. The psalmist said it like this. He brought me out of the horrible pit. He brought me out of the miry clay. He put my feet upon a rock and established my going. He put a song in my heart, even praise unto our God. Many shall see and fear and shall trust in the Lord. This is the place that how God, what he does. He elevates, he puts honor on somebody who honors him. Amen? He shall call upon me, and I will answer him. Does it pay? Does it pay? Oh, yes, it pays. There's great dividends that come from being in the presence of God and following it after him. He shall call upon me, and I will answer him. Oh, how about this one? I will be with him in trouble. Anybody have any trouble? Everybody, anybody in here ever had any trouble? He said, I will be with him in trouble. Now, if there's anybody that you want on your side, if there's anybody that you want in your corner, it's God when you're in trouble. You don't want him on the opposing side. You want him on your side. Amen? You want him on your side. He says, in trouble, I will deliver him and honor him. Now, here's that place of honor again, that he's lifted us up above that trouble and that situation. These things don't happen by accident. These things happen on purpose. He's good to his word. He's a loving father. You, when he does that, you won't have to be worried about lift, being lifted up to pride because it will humble you so much. It's when you manufacture your own self and you get caught up in your own self, that's when you've got to really worry about something like that taking place. You just keep your heart right from God and you see what he does for you. He'll deliver you out of the trouble. Give you a place of honor. And we'll finish up with this one verse right here. And with long life will I satisfy him. And there's a lot of people, brothers and sisters, that have got all kind of evil reports. But here in the word, he says, with long life, I'll satisfy you. Now, I want to plant a seed in your heart and in your mind. The seed is this. Are you satisfied? Have you lived as long as you want to live? Are you satisfied? Doctors can take and tell you, 
You've got six months to live. And you can say, I'm not satisfied. If, you can, if you're satisfied, you can go ahead and check out. But if you're not satisfied, don't believe that report. Believe the report of the Lord. If you've got a prognosis that you didn't like and you think that it's got to stop there, I will believe the report of the Lord. That doctor's telling you the best that he can with the experience and things that the, the way that he's things, seen things work. Doctors work by nature. All they can do is assist nature. If the healing isn't working in nature, there's nothing that they can really do. But there's something that God can do or they can't do. But there's something that he's got to have from us in order for it to be accomplished. And that's what we've got to believe him. Y'all And I shall not die, but live and declare the works of the Lord. And there's people that have had to stand on this particular scripture because there was no hope for them in medical science. But let me ask you, are you satisfied? If you're not satisfied, here's what he said, not I said, he said with long life, I'll satisfy him and show him my salvation. I'll show my greatness to him. But it's going to take some siding in with God. It's going to take some belief in God in order for this to take place. And I believe things like and get the revelation of it down on the inside of you. Now it's not just words. But it's words from God, and I receive them. Because when you receive a word from God, it's got the power within it to change the situation. Yes. Amen? Yes. There's something about a word from God. It'll make something rise up in. I like what, what I heard another preacher say. He said, it'll make you take and grab a hold of a dry corn stalk and swing out over hell and spit in the devil's eye. There's something about a spirit of faith that you won't get any other way that'll cause you to rise up just like it was with David when that lion came there after that baby sheep and when that bear came out. Oh, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? He never thought about what I'm going to do. He went after that thing. And he weren't satisfied until he took care of business and got the lamb back. Amen? Amen? That's the kind of fight that Jesus has got for you and for me. He loves us that way. Is there power in this 91st Psalm? Yeah, yes. Oh, it'll change your life. There's multitudes of words in the Word of God that will change your life. 
now. Who wants to be changed tonight? Come on up here. Hallelujah. What would you like to receive, my brother? Just, um, peace, happiness, God's grace. Hallelujah. Can I use this as a teaching moment at the same time as a delivering moment? All right. I want everybody to turn in your Bibles to Romans 10, verses 9 and 10. I want you to come right here and I want you to sit with me. And I want you to see the dynamics of the way that this works, of believing the Word of God and acting on the Word of God and seeing what He does. Because I want everybody in here, including you, to be able to do this. I don't have to convince you that you're a sinner, do I? Romans 10, verses 9 and 10. You need to look at this with your own eyes and see what it says, and you need to, to do it yourself. Read this out loud to me. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thy heart, God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Now that's pretty straightforward. It. This will work for you. This will work for anybody that will do this. Now, I'm going to ask you these questions. Do you believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God? Yes, sir. Would you be willing to confess him as your Savior and Lord? Yes, sir. How about doing it? Say, I, I'll help you. Jesus, Jesus, I repent of my sin. I repent of my sin. And I asked you, I asked you to be the Savior, be the Savior, and the Lord of my life. The Lord of my life. Now he said that if we would believe in our hearts and confess him with our mouth, we would be saved. And he explains it in the next verse. He said, for with the heart man believes. Down in here, with your gut, down in the very depths of your being, is where you believe that. That if we would believe, for with the heart man believes unto righteousness, or gets right standing with God, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Now, from acting on the Word of God, there's something that's just happened in your heart. You accept it by faith. Now, and it's just as real as this, Jacob, that you've been serving the devil in allegiance to him all your life. A lot of times not even knowing that that's what you were doing. Because we were born separated from God. We were born in iniquity. We were born to the 
kingdom of darkness. You don't have to teach a child how to do wrong. You've got to teach a child how to do right. You don't have to teach a child how to lie. You've got to teach a child how to tell the truth. Why? Because it's born in I don't know why it is, but it is. But Jesus said, I want to take you from the kingdom of darkness where you've given allegiance to Satan all this time. And I want you to come over here on this side because this is the kingdom of light and this is where God is. And Jesus, and in that song that we were singing tonight, thank you, Diane, so much for that, <laughs> that there was a thing that said bridge. And I want you to notice something about a bridge. A bridge is the way that you cross from one side to the other. And Jesus is the bridge yes. that gets you from where you were to where you are now. Now, let's all do something with James tonight and rejoice. Excuse me. I'm sorry. I get excited. I get excited in the moment. I have five brothers, four brothers. I learned to answer all of them. So it don't really pay me, uh, pay me much attention. Hallelujah. Let's take and lift up our hands and rejoice with James. And I want you to do this too. Jacob. Here. Let's do it. Let's do it together. Jesus, Jesus. I thank you. I thank you for coming in my heart. Thank you for coming in my heart. I thank you for making me a new creature. Thank you for making me a new creature. I'm a new man. I'm a new man. I renounce where I have been. I renounce where I've been. And now I'm looking to you. And now I'm looking to you. You're the author and the finisher of my faith. You're the author and finisher of I my have, faith. I am beginning. I am beginning. Right now. Right now. I'm establishing this right now. Establishing this right now. That I am walking with you. That I'm walking with you. From this point forward. From this point forward. I declare. I declare. My allegiance to you, Jesus. My allegiance to you, Jesus. And I thank you. I thank you. For being my Savior. For being my Savior. And my Lord. And my Lord. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. I want y'all to do something. I want you to come up here and I want you to love Jacob. Jacob. <laughs> I get rid of your Jacob. <laughs>